are back. Welcome in to another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, sandwiched in between one of the ugliest games of all time, the Jets 13-10 victory over the New York Giants. We'll recap that one, talk some injury news, talk some news throughout the week. Trade deadline has officially passed us as well. Talk about all that's gone down the last few days and then Look ahead to the first of, I believe, four straight primetime football games for the New York Jets. This one starting Monday Night Football against Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Before we get to all that, and before I bring in Teddy, make sure to follow us on our, all of our social medias at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Teddy's personal is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's in there. Young Theodore, uh, did you do anything fun for Halloween? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good to see you. I uh, we just yeah, we, spoke, know, we just spoke as... for we just spoke for forty minutes. It's always so funny. <laughs> we just did being do like, that. We did. Do how that. are you? <laughs> how are you, man? Good to see you. Um, no, yeah, I went on a little uh little Halloween bar crawl. Oh, that's fun. Which was Lapped a good time. on Halloween or over the weekend? No, on a Friday night, okay, and cool. then yeah, last night just hung out at home. Um. You know, we don't get much trick or treaters, and we got some construction that our landlords are doing, so oh, yeah. we couldn't have had them anyway. Um, but yeah, do you get trick or treaters down at your house down there? Great question. I didn't spend the evening at my house, I would assume not. We're across the street from an apartment complex, I do live in kind of like a townhouse cul de sac area, but I think it's more adults without kids. I don't see a ton of kids walking around, so my guess is yeah. no, but. Hopefully not, because I wasn't answering the door if they were here yesterday. Yeah, makes sense. But I mean, I'm excited to talk about this Jets-Giants game. It was a crazy Sunday, and the the roller coaster of emotions of just like watching this disgusting game and then, you know, like thinking we're going to lose with less than 30 seconds left in the game and just kind of resigning yourself to that fact. And then all of a sudden, you know, an hour later, you're like, somehow we got out of there with a win you know right. and and everyone's uh everyone's vibes and like takeaways from the game are all much more positively oriented as opposed to negatively oriented if those last 24 seconds go a different way right. um you know hey we got the win against the giants against our rivals down there in uh in new jersey so i was happy there for sure yeah, very pivotal game. I think this entire stretch we've said it's not must-wins, but this one was a can't-lose just considering the way the season has gone for the Giants thus far. They've stayed competitive with really good teams, as the Jets have, but the Jets do have a, you know, we're walking in there with a 500 record with, I'd say, more playoff expectations than the Giants had. So it was one of those where, you know, all things considered, rain, injuries that got thrown their way, the Jets did need to find a way to come out with a win, and they did so in – very unexpected fashion. Obviously, like you were saying, it was just a game where both coaches look at their defense and or the opposing offenses and say they're not scoring on us. So we're just going to punt the ball back and forth to each other and play ping pong across the field for 60 minutes. Uh, that final drive where Zach Wilson finds Lazard, they get the, the, the ref, that referee. Shout man. out that ref. Go. <laughs> he, Shout he just out that fucking, ref. He fucking Shout tapped that, that ball and got yep. out of the way. Paves the way for uh, Greg Galek. In, in no world did I think that um, we were going to get, you know, like I was screaming. It never works. Like, why would you throw the ball there? Why would you? And then I was like, Lazard, why are you still running? Like, get down, you know? And in, in, in no world did I think we were going to be able to uh, spike the ball there. And we did, you know? 
it, it makes me so I feel like they need to send that film to all the referees across the NFL, because yeah. how many games have we seen? end in a fashion like that, where it's like, oh, the ref didn't get there in time. They couldn't spike the ball in time. Now the game is over instead of just right. like that is so that is such a. Um, I, I, I'm just I'm trying to think it's like blue balls, essentially, where it's just like we're so close yeah. to this really exciting finish. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, cool. Now the game's done. Like, that's so boring. So. I love that the fact that they were able to get that done, send it in overtime. Greg gets it done with the final field goal as well, too. And look, the Jets are sitting here at four and three um, with, you know, we'll go through all the the injuries that they also got this week, but just, you know, missing a ton of guys this year, been very up and down, not the season we probably expected, but to still be sitting here through week eight of the season with a winning record and a chance to get into the postseason, you can't, you can't yeah. be mad about where they're at right now. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about how important these wins were last week. And, you know, outside of, you know, the last 30 seconds of the game and overtime, the Jets were very close to losing this game. And I don't like obviously we're happy that they were able to step up late. And that gives us confidence that, you know, maybe Zach's got a little bit of that clutch gene in him. This team's kind of learning how to win. You got to get command coaching staff in a lot of situations like that as well. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like winning or losing this ugly game in the rain, you know, it, it probably doesn't really change my expectations or what I think of this Jets team as a whole week to week and how well I think they can execute against different teams. But what it does change is that extra win in the win column, you know, and it's like, that is going to be huge when we're, you know, trying to make the playoffs and trying to get in the mix there. The fact that you walk away here with a W is just, is just crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and I think where I'd like to start when we talk about this game is with our quarterback, Zach Wilson, um, because there's a lot of discourse out there going on right now. You know, you play a stinker, you play, a, a an ugly game like that. And he did have two fumbles, you know, kind of back and getting those turnovers. And I think it's easy for people who are watching even or just kind of like checking in on the box scores to be like oh well you know another terrible Zach Wilson game he's kind of back to where he was um low completion percentage me personally call me an optimist I am totally 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 fine you know and everyone says like can't make excuses whatever I am so fine blaming this game on the rain like I really am and I feel like we have seen NFL teams succeed in the rain a few times but in the past like three years alone I can think of like five or six games where it's just been absolutely ugly weather and the teams are just unable to score you know and unable to move the ball even just a few weeks ago two of the better teams in football the Cleveland Browns and 49ers they're stuck in a shitstorm game and it's the same thing they both offenses can do anything and we're talking you know Christian McCaffrey right you know, Sean Watson Amari Cooper you know like actual like loaded offenses that aren't able to get it done so you're exactly right not to interrupt you but keep going no no yeah but so I mean it to me this was very much one of those games it wasn't pretty it's not like we played awesome that's not what I'm saying but I don't think it's like so terrible that we need to hit the panic button. I don't think anyone should really be coming at Zach. You know, we weren't able to run the ball at all. We weren't able, you know, we had a lot of drops out there. I think eight in total, um, a couple on third downs in big moments. And, um, you know, I do want to commend Zach for stepping up 
you know, on that last drive on those two throws with 24 seconds left, you don't win the game. If your quarterback doesn't step up there, sure. You can say you wish he had done that earlier. I was saying that same thing. Like, why can't we just do this earlier in the game, which is a fair criticism. Um, but I'd like to start with Zach because I really do think at the end of the day, it was a fine game from him. And I was impressed at the end when he made plays that mattered, you know, and, and a lot of these, when it comes to playing quarterback in the NFL, a lot of things are determined by, you know, your actual play and how you do and your skill level and whatnot. But a lot of it is like, can you make the plays when you need to and win the game and seeing him able to do that at the end was definitely a positive. Yeah. I think especially the roller coaster that we've been on with Zach Wilson in his career, and that's been a, a mostly descending roller coaster ride than anything to get to this point where you're not expected for the season to be on the field and then four snaps in there you are. And you're having this up and down year. It's ugly. You're getting mad again. Then you get on the roll. And then you're stuck in this situation where we're like, I think we said it last week. We were like, let's make this the Zach Wilson 300 passing yard, three touchdown game. Well, then, hey, you get hit with terrible weather. And, I mean, no quarterback is going to really do that. Like, you're not going to have any quarterback out there going and, you know, throwing across the field against this team. And, look, this is a Giants team that a few weeks ago held the Bills and Josh Allen to a really, uh, you know, underwhelming game. Um, it's not like the Giants are, you know, we, they're a bad football team, but they're not, you know, this is a, a week by week league, like everything is going to change on circumstances and the circumstances that Zach was put into this week, when talking about no running game, you know, that's one of the first times in a while that he hasn't gotten a lot of, you know, leeway with a balanced offense, the rush attack really couldn't get going where we've seen it, you know, though, especially the last month or so it really be able to be a balanced offense. So you take that away from him, you take away some offensive linemen with injuries away from him, like he has to work with, you know, circumstances that really aren't ideal for any quarterback in the league, let alone one that is struggling. And then, okay, the weather sucks too. So I, I completely agree. I think, you know, people will take a look at the stats, you know, 17 of 36, and two fumbles with one touchdown, you're like, oh, shit, that's just your classic Zach Wilson. But I think his composure and poise to stay and and keep this team, not keep this team in it because this was definitely the defense and the circumstances of the weather around it that kept the yeah. Jets in this game. But like you said, when they needed a couple of plays, he stood up, made them, and uh, let you know Greg kind of do the rest of the work getting him in the field goal range twice there. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, to talk about the game from a defensive perspective, Last week, you know, on my predictions, I, I think I predicted the Giants to score like three points. Yeah. And my take was like, I don't see a world where they're really able to score on this Jets uh, defense, you know, and that is kind of what happened. Obviously, they had an the assist from the weather, you know, but when you look at how the Giants were able to score this week, one was three points right at the beginning of the game. Zach fumbled early. We gave him the ball, you know, basically in the red zone and They weren't able to do anything offensively, but because of where they started, they were just able to get those three points early. And then you look at the, uh, the touchdown that they got and, you know, while not an excuse, there was a reason that those, that did happen with two big penalties um, on third down, which real quick, I do want to say this, the whole targeting thing, anytime there's a targeting call, I feel like the whole, world erupts in like what happened to our game how is this a targeting call it's very very simple you can't lead with the top of your head and that's what the Jets guy did when we got I I forgot who it was Um, but that's what he did when when we got the first penalty on that drive like you just got to suck it up sometimes because the rules have changed 
that is the rule that you can't do that. And especially when you do that and make direct contact with the head, people want to be like, oh, well, he lowered his body. It's like, well, don't lead with the crown of your helmet and you won't get those penalties. That's my first thing. <laughs> well, the, do you the have any hardest, take on the, on targeting? Well, the hardest part of your body is the top of your head. If you'll remember from true. division three football. So maybe that's Great just movie. what they're, One of your what they're favorites. being teached. <laughs> no, I don't have any thoughts. I, I the game, uh, here's what I say. And I, I guess I, I liken it more to with the quarterback, because I think, you know, a lot of these rules have been put in a position to keep the quarterback safe. I would much rather that we are calling these penalties and trying to get those plays out of the game than have to watch the likes of right. Tommy DeVito play or PJ Walker play or Aiden, like uh, Jaron Hall in Minnesota playing this week. Like there are so it, it is one of those where like so instantly a team season is taken away just by a play like that. And some of these are incidental. I'm not saying like all these negative hits are what are hurting these quarterbacks. No, but sure. The point but they're of positive to protecting those them. rules is protecting the quarterback instead of sitting here halfway through the season where half the league now is already out of their starting quarterbacks and half the league already sucks. It's their starting quarterbacks. So it's just like, we're trying to keep the game enjoyable, I guess, <laughs> to avoid games that kind of look like this. We've got Tommy DeVito two of seven for negative one. Like it's, it's, I, I, uh, I'm, they you're right. They make the rules very simple. I understand when you're in the heat of the moment, you're not always thinking about that necessarily. You're just trying to make a play, but it's, it's all good intentions. Why the rules are in place the way they are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, that sucked that the defense got those penalties, you know, the one on Jermaine Johnson, definitely a late hit. Definitely. Like, I mean, Quinn and Williams is holding up, the Tommy DeVito because he is trying to avoid the penalty. And then in comes Jermaine, just kind of given that last um, little hit, but you know, defense played well offense, obviously didn't. We had the one great play from breeze shout out to him. To me, this jets giants game really boils down to like a, for me, it's like bury the tapes, move on. I was excited to try to come out of the bye and be like, let's really establish ourselves and let's show that we have an offense that can move and play a little bit. You know, that didn't happen this week with the weather and the Giants defense and whatnot. So I'm kind of just pushing that to this upcoming week against the Chargers. I'd like to see our offense perform, you know, move the ball, score some points. Um, but to me, my takeaways from this Jets Giants game is kind of just like, there's not a whole lot. I'm happy we got a W. Shout out to our punter, Thomas Morstead, with three punts inside the five. I mean, Special Robert Sala, of the week. <laughs> this game was an awesome, like, both coaches just absolutely were like, there's no reason to go for it. There's no reason to be aggressive because this other team is not scoring. And, I mean, that basically was the game outside of a few drives. So, not, not a game that you would love if you're an offensive-loving football fan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you though. It's it's not a it's not a takeaways game. There's there is yeah. nothing to take away from those situations. Um, these games do not come often with the circumstances. You know, weather weather just fucks you sometimes, and then and then yeah. you're just like like this game could have been one where the Jets put up twenty four plus, but no one was going to put up the, that offense in. in yeah, those, and I mean, let's be conditions. fair. Like, you know third downs continued to be terrible you sure, know i think sure. we were oh i think that both teams combined were oh for 18 Started, in the first half yep and yeah, then yeah. like one of like i don't remember like 24 I'll pull it up right now. something third like that in the full game combined it was yeah four what did you just say one of 24 oh sorry finish it finish four of 34 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I was like, damn, did you nail that perfect? No, yeah. Four no, thirty-four no. on third down. Disgusting. Yeah. So it's like, and, and you know, and we didn't. I don't think we had the chance to get in the red zone really outside of the two field goals to tie it and win it. So it's not like we can really um, kill them for their red zone efficiency because they didn't get there. Obviously, third downs continue to be a thing that this Jets team has is 100% struggling with and they need to improve. I think that's the biggest criticism you can continue to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not killing them for anything this week. I'm excited that we got the win and excited to kind of move on. And if they stink this week, then I'll kill them, you know, but yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. going to go off uh, on them for scoring 13 in this game. Yeah, to to lose the time of possession battle by 13 minutes, to be the team that turned over the ball more, to be the team that, you know, has more penalties. Um, you know, the third down efficiency was just about the same as we were just saying. Like, to be all of those circumstances, to be outrushed 203 to 58, like you would expect a Jets loss out of that. We just got to be thankful that the win was there. We move on. It's a it's a brand new yeah. week. And and yeah, you know, we could we could be mad at we were saying too, like, let's be great off the bye. Like, let's just get out of the bye week and look fantastic. Too late. Hey, it's our first win off the bye in like four or five yeah. years. Yeah. Take so it. that's sick. <laughs> take the win and stop yeah. complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, hey, I say let's move into this super exciting, super eventful trade deadline that happened yesterday where the Jets were making crazy moves to improve their team. Well, that's not actually what really happened. Not much went down. Um, but there was a trade deadline yesterday that did pass. There was, and it was a very boring one league-wide. But, uh, yeah, the Jets, hey, what what do you make at least of the fact? Because here's where we'll start, at least talking on a Jets point of it. They tried multiple times over the last 48 hours to trade for both Mike Evans and Devontae Adams. So that shows you in this position. Yep. yep. Still in, you know, midway through the season, four and three, hopeful as we'll get into a little bit that maybe we've got a quarterback coming back that was there to start the season. What do you make of at least the attempt and the persistence to try and bring in not a Hunter Renfro, not this kind of mid-level, but to go and get like a an actual legit, legit wide receiver like Mike Evans or Devontae? Yeah. Yeah, that report came out today, um, you know, seemingly in the past few hours, really, that they were really aggressively trying to trade for Devontae Adams and Mike Evans, and both were just told they were unavailable. Um, I love that, definitely. I mean, mm. we've talked about the wide receiver room, and we've talked about, you know, do they need to add people? Do they not? The fact that they w looked at their production and said, hey, let's try to add one of these really elite players and really try to go in on being a successful team this year. You know, it's definitely what you like to see. I will say this is now, you know, it's now been like two years of Joe Douglas not hiding the fact that he's trying to get one of these elite receivers, you know, and just yeah. like being unable to get it done, not that, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, so I'm not saying that's an indictment on him, but I'm just saying, like, it definitely kind of stinks that we continue to try and try. You know, like, did, did you see um, Tyreek Hill came out and was talking on something he does about, you know, his process going down and how he got offered $70 million from the um, Dolphins and then the Jets up their offer to, like, $78 million or something like that, you know, to try to get him there. It just hasn't worked out for us. I do like the idea that we are trying for players like that because I think when you look at this team and where an addition would come, receiver is is that obvious spot. Um, 
you know, sucks we didn't get him. Like it, it would have been awesome if we were able to add Devontae, especially with how unhappy he seems in in Las Vegas. Um, I do think it opens up, you know, I'm going to be now a bigger believer that maybe we can get so- something done for Devontae in the offseason. I think yeah. that would obviously be exciting. Um, but, you know, I'm glad they went for it. But when you don't get it done, it's kind of just like, it is what Thanks. it is you know yeah exactly yeah i i and my take because i'll say this as well too like i think i've even said it when we talked about like hunter renfro or some of the other names that were being floated around is i didn't think a hunter renfro changed all that much for the jets at their wide receiver right. but if we're talking mike evans or Devonte adams like yeah of course you're going to want those players on their team so i'm not going to come here and be like oh i'm happy that we didn't make a move for wide receiver if they would have gotten one of those two yeah stud you know pro bowl all pro talent guys like of course you're going to be excited about that um i agree with you i i think as long as the Raider situation is so interesting because now they're sitting there with, you know, they're going to be heading into this off season with a new GM, with a new head coach. I don't know what ownership wants in their immediate goals. If it's going to be just a completely revamp and try and restart, if that's the plan, you know, the jets will have to, you know, pay a pretty good penny for Devonte Adams, because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to call for a guy like that. You could hope that Devontae does what Aaron does and says, I intend to play for the New York Jets. And then you've basically, you know, gotten rid of the entire market. But, you know, does a wide receiver have that much pull compared to a, you know, compared to a wide uh, quarterback? Like a quarterback seems to carry the load a little bit more there um, in terms of just like impact and the ability to control their own destinies. Um, So that'll be interesting to monitor. We've seen a lot of big wide receiver trades over the years, you know, Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo, um, you know, Although he turned down Cleveland at one point. So I guess he did. He was able to put a little bit of uh, stink on that. So definitely interesting to monitor. I would expect that Devontae Adams does become a New York Jet. And, you know, that's something that is, uh, uh, you know, months and months away from actually happening. And, you know, that all really hinges on what the Raiders plans are for the next year or two. Um, they should be in a money-saving mode because they owe John Gruden and Josh McDaniels millions on millions on millions of dollars. So I think that would be wise of them to just like slow things down a little bit in this next go around uh, with their head coach and GM. But I like for the Jets, at least the attempt to go out there to show that they are still committed to, you know, trying to fortify this team for a playoff push. Now that on the flip side of it, you know, no one brought in, but no one sent out. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, and this report came out Sunday, not many people calling for Carl Lawson, not that many people calling for Dalvin Cook. People be like, oh, why? Uh, because they've been some of the more unproductive players in, right. in football yeah. this season. Um, thoughts on them not getting moved around anywhere uh, before the deadline? Yeah, I mean, to me, both of these guys, that's kind of what we expected, right? It was like, yeah, sure, it'd be great to deal them. They're not really helping us a ton. But with that said, you know, what are we going to get back for them? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think this is the story of the deadline for the Jets, you know, is like we didn't trade these players that people thought that we were going to and have been rumored for, you know, however long. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's one of these things. I'm still not fully convinced, like Dalvin Cook before last week, um, before the game last week, you know, throughout the week, they're talking to him. He says he doesn't want to be traded. He says he wants to stay on the Jets, but he's frustrated with his role, frustrated with his touches and his production. You know, 
I do still want to believe that we can get Dalvin Cook rolling a little bit. This past game, he was kind of out there a few times, and it was like, all right, let's do something, let's do something. And, you know, the Jets team as a whole couldn't run the ball, so I don't put a ton of blame on him. Um, But I definitely am hoping to see him more involved. Like, I guess not more involved. I don't want to see him taking away runs from Brees a ton, you know. But if he gets five, six, seven carries a game, and is able to just start being a little bit more productive. I don't think that's like outside the realm of possibilities, right. um, you know, cause I do still think there's talent and I do think there's something to his take of like, I think I get better with the more carries I get. And I just haven't gotten those yet. I haven't had a ton of opportunity. Um, but you know, like, like Dalvin cook showing that he's better relies on the whole offense, moving the, the ball better and the whole offense having more, um, you know, opportunities and more snaps and more time on the field and more touchdowns, you know, like that all kind of goes hand in hand to me. So it'll be interesting to see with Lawson. I'm sure he'll still be a rotational piece, but it's, you know, he has not been as productive as the other guys. Jermaine Johnson has looked phenomenal. Bryce Huff has obviously looked otherworldly as one of the best edges, you know, in the league, the way he's playing. Um, so, you know, would it have been nice to get something for him? Sure. Is the end of the world? No, we probably would have gotten a, you know, six, seven round pick swap. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what goes down with these guys. Cause you know, next year I would assume both of them will no longer be jets. Yeah. That's the thing where I guess I'm not too hung up on not being able to get rid of them. Like, yes, you're getting, you would have gotten something instead of nothing in this off season when both of them are no longer with the team, but it's not like we are sitting here, you know, having to trade somebody away where we're also eating the money for them. Like there are these deals that are going around at the deadline where it's like, Oh, they're paying, you know, who so-and-so is paying Razul Douglas's, you know, contract for this upcoming, you know, for the rest of the season, like the jets aren't in a position where their contracts are so bad that they need to attach, you know, draft compensation to get rid of somebody. It's just a, okay, we couldn't get a seventh round pick would have been nice go ahead, walk in free agency. And in the meantime, if you can add a little bit of value to this team that's trying to make a playoff push, of course we would welcome that. We're not going to be mad if Carl Lawson starts playing at a higher level. We will not be mad if Dalvin Cook starts playing at a higher level. The only thing that would continue to, I guess, frustrate me or, you know, Jets fans as a whole is if we're starting to still see Dalvin Cook out snap a Michael Carter or a Carl Lawson make somebody else inactive. Like to me, their contribution needs to be earned by performance and not by name. So that's where I guess I stand at with both of them throughout the season is if you're going to be giving us something on the field, go right ahead. But if not, we should not be letting other guys on the, in this organization lose snaps or lose touches because of it. And let's take this opportunity to, commend the Jets coaching staff because that is what they've done over the past you know month or so or you know especially these last two three games it really has been I guess last two three games with the bye has been a month or so (laughs) um but you know you know Dalvin Cook's only getting a few touches a game like Lawson was inactive for a game and you know isn't getting as many snaps like it's unfortunate for them they're older in their career but it just kind of is what it is I think we have the talent to be fine with or without them um so yeah So, yeah, those, those guys not moved on. We didn't bring anybody else in. We did make an offensive lineman signing, Roger Saffold. Uh, yeah, that – yeah. Beefing up. That's yeah. that's our trade deadline uh, victory. That's our big takeaway here. So, bringing him in. Uh, two-time Pro Bowler, but um, 
hasn't been too great. I think most recently with the Bills, correct? It was it. Yeah, was last it year last with the season. Bills. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just been a really interesting discourse. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Rogers, Rogers Saffold because I don't, and I haven't been um, scouting him the past couple of years. But, like, he got traded to us, and basically everyone's take is like, well, yeah, he was a pro bowler the past two years, but even last year when he was a pro bowler, he had, like, a 47 PFF grade and, like, really didn't have that good of a season or play that well. But for some reason was still a pro bowler, like, you know, it's kind of odd. It does add depth. I do think if he's ready to go, I think there's certainly a world where he's starting right away, you know, especially with Tipman potentially. But, you know, even if Tipman is coming back, you're going to be deciding between like Saffold and like Billy Turner, you know, at right guard. Um, so I definitely think we're going to see him play. Whoops. Yeah. It does. Um, it does seem just based off of Salah's quotes that we should expect Tipman back next week. Not for this game, but um, it seems like he's not going to be out too long. Right, least. yeah. Starting but I don't think back, we should expect to have him this week. Yeah. I don't think we should. So, yeah, I think Saffold should be thrown right back into it. Um, Here's the here's the thing, I guess, with the offensive line, because people are like, oh, how did we not trade for any, you know, offensive linemen or mm-hmm. bring any guys in? The league is in an offensive line epidemic like there are there are not good offensive linemen they're not teams with great offensive line depth and if you are one of those teams you're not getting rid of your offensive line depth you know the the one trade was you know surprisingly the vikings sent ezra cleveland to jacksonville um jacksonville beefs up their interior offensive line he's a young guard in the final year of his contract but at the same time the vikings were one of those situations where interior offensive linemen they brought in a couple of guys that have been performing well the last few weeks they found a late round guy that really hit on with them so he's in there now and they just you know for a guy that they probably weren't going to bring back at a non premier position offensive guard ship him out for a third you know you know a late round pick so you're sitting there like well why couldn't the jets have done that well they didn't because for whatever reason, they just, you know, they didn't want to give up as much as Jacksonville did. But at the end of the day, I guess the big point being is like, there are not good offensive linemen available, essentially, across the league. Yeah. Like, there are not teams that are running, you know, you know, we talk about all these teams that run and the Jets are one of them that are running like eight offensive linemen deep or defensive linemen deep. Offensively, if you have three good offensive linemen, that's like, you're Great. doing a good job. Like you're yeah. doing fine with three. Um, And so... Yeah, we can be mad after all the injuries that happened this past week and the continuation of injuries that we've seen along the offensive line this entire season. We could be mad sitting here, but it's like there are maybe two teams in the league that you would say have actual good depth at the offensive line. So yeah. they're not going to give up those guys, and even if they are, it's going to be pretty competitive to try and get one of them brought in. I also think like a guy like Ezra Cleveland, it's like, sure, that would be great in theory. It's like the guy who got traded, who's been playing, you know, who – we could have given up that price like yeah fine but at the end of the day like it's so possible that the jets internal scouting is like oh you know who we actually have as a better player is fucking roger saffold you know and it's like exactly do i think either of these guys are studs like no but they're just you know depth kind of like not depth i don't want to say because they probably will start but like filler players that are not cornerstones to the line but can go out there and play you know, and I, I think a lot of times 
people just allow like the names to, you know, like no fans are sitting there actually watching every offensive line snap, you know. You've said this before a few times about um, Denzel Mims and like with the Jets and being like, why aren't we getting this guy on the field more? And it's like the Jets are the ones that know, like this is their job right, to evaluate yeah. talent. So like we could be mad of like, oh man, Ben Jones is still sitting at home and, and we had been calling for Ben Jones all last off season. You know, he dealt with a bunch of injuries and he's an older guy. And it's like, what, what's he up to? Or like Lyle Collins, the guy they brought in for a visit, the giants and the jets brought in Lyle Collins for a visit and neither have signed him. And if you watch that game on Sunday, both teams could definitely use offensive line help. Yeah. So that, that needs to tell you what these guys currently are, you know, able to give a team right now. And, you know, they evaluated their options and Roger, Roger Saffold seemed like the best option in the short term. So that's the direction they went. Hopefully it works. Fingers crossed. Cause like, you know, this, this offensive line is, is very banged up at the moment. Um, if you were to just project starters, you're, you're still going Makai and Lakin, but you got Billy at right guard, Max Mitchell at right tackle. And then, you know, you, you're going to throw in Saffold there somewhere. Like, I don't know. It's, it's rough. Um, while we're on the offensive line too, it does seem, at least from quotes that I've seen today, um, that you know when Dwayne Brown is ready to come back, he will be sliding to left tackle. Mackay Becton will move back to right tackle, and it's the same thing that that Salah said all last offseason. Like we need to put the best five out there, and there was a point where the best five included Mackay Becton moving to left tackle and AVT moving to right. Like that was the best five combo with the injuries now. Dwayne Brown is going to be one of the best five offensive linemen. Yeah. So you're going to need to kick that back. I got to say, I got to give a lot of credit to Makai. His quotes today, he was like, look, I just want to play right tackle, left tackle. And I think that's that's comfortable for him to say now where he has also had a few good games at left mm -hmm. tackle where he can at least show like, hey, look, I did a decent job at different parts of the season at left tackle. Hasn't been perfect. A few sacks given up this past week as well, too. So it hasn't been like he's this all pro talent, but he has shown a little bit of consistency at both tackle positions now. So uh, I'm really happy to see him just understand that situationally, if he has to go back to right, it's in the best interest of the team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, great to see his kind of openness there. And I do think also like when Dwayne Brown came in last year and Makai is coming off an injury and the thought is, okay, well, we're going to trust Dwayne Brown to play left tackle and put Dwayne Bright at right or, or put Makai at right. Part of that does feel kind of like, okay, we have more trust and belief in Dwayne Brown. You know, we're going to put you at this like lower position, you know, as people think of it in the league. Like right now, I don't think there's any real, you know, we haven't seen Dwayne Brown play, but like, I don't think there's any real argument that you you would think Makai is probably a better player than Dwayne Brown. You know, he's had a very good year. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like now Makai is the guy who has this experience playing right tackle and left tackle. And you have Dwayne Brown, who's been a, you know, however many uh, year in the league veteran who's basically only played left tackle. It's like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to let that guy play left and then put the guy who has experience at right and right. So yeah, that's all fine with me. Get your best five out there. We're definitely struggling a little um, with injuries and stuff in the offensive line. So we'll see kind of how that works. You know, obviously weren't able to run very well in the rain this past week. So hopefully against the chargers coming up, we're able to improve that. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a huge thing we need to look for because we saw it last year, right? Like when the offensive line fell apart, when AVT got hurt and Brees got hurt, we really just could not do much. We could not operate. Um, 
don't want to see that happen again, you know, so that'll be a big thing to watch how well they can hold up, you know, against a pretty good defensive line in the chargers, you know, good players. Oh yeah. Talented players. Definitely. Um, a few more things before we get to that chargers game as well too. Um, actually uh, real quick, one final prediction with the offensive line. Uh, we, what was the situation for the Jets to keep their first? He had to play 60% of the snaps, right? Rogers. What was yeah, the stipulation it's not on happening. It's it not. Like so the Jets are keeping their first round pick. Correct. The Jets will be. What happened? I'm getting a call from the store. I'm sorry. I got to take this. Oh, that's fine. I got to pee. Hello. Hello. All good. Yes. Oh, so on the bottom row by all the lids, um, it, there should just be one brown box left of them. Um, so do you see, so by the mop sink, you've got the glass, you've got the two bins with lids. And then next to that, there's not a, like a long brown box. It would be to the left of the lids. Huh. Okay. I, I wonder if Kenzie did some bottles yesterday, so I'm wondering if she might have gone through the rest of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just leave the stickers because we'll get an order and we'll fix that. Sorry about that. I should have taken a look at that. No, if they're if they're not there, they're, that would be the only spot. So no, that, it's that's my bad. Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks. See ya. Sorry about that. No worries. I actually really had to pee. I was oh, I was huge. like trying to figure out if there was a way that like you to could keep talking. Take and a timeout. Rip a pez. Um. I think you can just say like I was starting like I had a the Chargers game and talk yeah. about oh shit were you oh yeah I had a prediction I was yeah 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 okay yeah just go back to the prediction one final prediction before we get into the Chargers game uh, the Jets will one thousand percent be using their first round pick and on an offensive tackle this year there are like there's like five or six potential first rounders at this position and especially you know if the Jets are in the you know, 20s, if, you know, things go well and they get into the playoffs, there's still going to be talented ones available there. But I'm I'm now just starting to get into, like, some of the names to look for the draft. And, you know, there's Olu, uh, Olu Fashanu from Penn State. He's, like, a top five pick, so he won't go there. Joe Alt, Notre Dame, top five pick. J.C. Latham, Alabama, top ten pick. But then you've got guys like uh, – you've got uh, Mims from Georgia, Amarius, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma – uh, Tylese Fuaga out of Oregon state. Like there's six or seven offensive tackles that will be first round picks to end this misery, I guess, of at least 
you know, knowing that Dwayne is getting a little bit older and, you know, taking yeah. flyers on some late round guys, like I will be stunned if the Jets do not use their first round pick on an offensive tackle because it is desperately needed. Yeah, it's early, but I mean, with Makai <laughs> being yeah. able to be solid, AVT coming back, hopefully Tipman can establish himself. You know, if you, you know, if you add another guy, like it's looking like we can hopefully have a pretty good offensive line moving forward. So, right, yeah, we'll see. That's that was just one thing because I this was like the first week where I started looking at prospects and whatnot. And I was like, oh, this thing is is pretty stacked at, at offensive tackle, and especially seeing what the Jets have had to go through off on the offensive line the last couple of years, it just yeah. they got to get it done. And I know they got screwed out of out of uh, Broderick Jones this past year with the Steelers and Patriots making a trade up there, but I, I think there's enough here this year where they'll be able to get out of round one with an offensive tackle. Um, and then, yeah, a couple more things that we've just seen throughout the week as well, too. Both of us kind of saw this on Twitter and I don't know what to make of it, but there are some potential rumors that Corey Davis could rejoin the New York jets, um, you know, unexpectedly retired, um, or stepped away from the game, uh, you know, this preseason right before the season kicked off, um, you know, whatever was going on, it was personal family, whatever it might've been just kind of vanished for a little bit. I don't know where the rumors are really coming from, yeah. but I think after the Jets were not able to add wide receiver, they, you know, they want more production out of this room. And uh, I guess that, that just, I, I don't, I truly do not know where the rumors came from, but just saw. No. Yeah. Me neither. I was just trying to see if like anyone be the an Jets commented on it or anything like that. doesn't seem like that. Um, definitely. We didn't add anyone at the trade deadline. It seems like we could use some help getting Corey Davis back. I feel like would be great but there's not really much to discuss because we don't know a ton. Um, Hopefully everything's going well with him and it would be awesome to have him back because we could use him. Yep, definitely. Um, And then the last thing as well too, comments from Joe Douglas this week. We've I've, I've been very careful peppering this in throughout the season when bringing it up to you, because you have been the same mindset (laughs) where you're just like, surprise me in December, surprise me in the playoffs. Like I just can't latch onto something right now. Um, you know, we have continued to see Aaron Rodgers go out on a football field and look more and more, you know, normal uh, when throwing a football, when moving around the field. Um, the the pregame stuff that we saw with the Giants, good movement. He's got some yeah. zip. Looking like um, he can plant a little. Joe was kind of asked about it. Um, and his first comment was that they were expecting quarterback Aaron Rodgers to return to the team at some point this season. And I think a lot of people at first were like, Oh, he's, he's going to be back playing. He did walk back the comment a little bit, the full quote, you know, I'm not putting anything out there. Like if Rogers returns for a game or not, that's not my place. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any breaking news for you like that. So I much like you got really excited when I heard that first quote, I was like, Oh, they're, they're expecting Aaron Rodgers to come back and play football. He did walk it back a little bit to just be like, we expect him to be with the team. I mean, we've seen him at various points with the team as well too, while he's also, you know, doing his own personal rehab, but Based on what I've been seeing, just watching him, and it's crazy to expect anything because we have never seen this in the history of professional sports. Um, but even seeing, you know, guys like uh, Connor Hughes put out like week 14, week 15, I could definitely see that being possible. Like there are some inklings that we could be in a position where, say, the Jets are, you know, seven and six after 13 games, where that would be an ideal situation for Rodgers to kind of float his way back in there if he's ready to go and, you know, continue this playoff push for the Jets. What say you? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. This is all, I mean, my mindset has not changed a ton and it's not like, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen at all. Like if it happens, that's sick. 
Aaron Rodgers is all about, you know, speaking it into existence and believing it like, and that's all good and fine. Um, I just like, I really can't get excited about, you know, like, Hey, Aaron Rodgers might come back and be able to play. If he is, that will be so awesome. But I just refuse to allow myself to like, like, in my opinion, obviously we want to win a Super Bowl, right? And like Aaron Rodgers would give us the best um, chance. But in my opinion, like this year is about being able to get through the season and make the playoffs. And so much of that would already be kind of in play if you're, you know, through week 13. And obviously if you're sitting there at seven and six and you need, you know, two to three more wins, that is a big deal. Um, But it's just kind of like not – like, I think this team can make the playoffs with Zach Wilson as the quarterback, you know, like as ugly as that would be, I do think that's a possibility. So I don't feel the need to like attach myself to Aaron Rodgers comeback. And as a fan, as someone who got excited all off season for Aaron Rodgers, I'm just not allowing that to enter my brain really um, until it's real. I also have been having the thought of like, let's say it's not week 14. Let's say it's like, he's ready, like week 17, you know, week 18, something like that. Yeah, Like to me, there's not this world where like Aaron Rodgers comes in and wins his first six games as a jet. And then we win the super bowl. You know what? Like, like, obviously that would be awesome if possible, but in who, who do you expect ever to like change scenery, be on a new team, you need to be like getting into the swing of things coming off an injury that usually keeps people out for nine months. And then it's just going to go undefeated through their first six games. Like I don't really see that. I Blake's if anyone's watching on YouTube, Blake is given the, I don't know, it might happen. Look, you know, like it could. And I do think like what the problem with this take is in theory, that's me saying, I think we'll be better with Zach Wilson. And it's like, I guess I obviously don't think that we would play better with Zach Wilson, but this idea that like we can just get Aaron Rodgers in his first couple games late in the season off an injury and like will be so much better, you know, like I'm not really, I don't know. I, I refuse to like really like buy into any of the hype. I think where it kind of spins for me, and I wish I had the tweet pulled up now, I forget who put it out, but it was basically all like the advanced, all the different advanced metrics that measure your team's offense, your team's defense, and your team's special teams. And for all of them, it was like the defense, top five, special teams, right. top five, offense, 29th or 31st. So if you're telling me that this Jets team is still floating around there with one of the, you know, still worst offenses in football through this season. And there's a few games that really hamper on those numbers more than anything. And you're telling me that we could go and, and I understand he wouldn't, it's not like he's just going to walk on. Like he didn't have any injury in the first place. It wouldn't be perfect from week one, you know, that he, he steps back, but look, he's, he's one of the greatest of all time to ever do it yeah. uh, to me. You know, the second best pl- player I've ever seen throw a football, you know, just pure talent wise. Um, the way yeah, that he's I definitely don't want to make process. it like, seem like I all think it, we'd be better with Zach Wilson. No, I don't I think you're saying that, that, but I think you're I think you're <laughs> also saying that like it would be crazy to assume that this would all come together the way that it has, but also at the same time, him even stepping on the field is one of the right. crazier things we'll have seen in all time if he does come back in week, you know, 16, 17, or 18, whatever it may be. It just every time we see him on the field or see him around the team. Every time that there's a video of Aaron Rodgers, it just is like, oh, there is significant improvement that he's making. 
And um, yeah, and I, and I don't think that's accidental. You know what I mean? Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, I'm going to throw a couple balls, you know? And then this last week, he's like, I'm going to take a couple steps, you know, make sure people see that. Um, definitely really cool. I do think like you, you heard his comment through the first couple weeks and everything was like really positive. And then, you know, the last couple of weeks kind of walks it back a little and he's like, Hey, listen, like we still got a really long way to go. Things are getting difficult, whatever. Um, I do think there's a possibility. It's one of those things that like, I just don't allow myself to believe all year. And then all of a sudden it's week 14 and it's like, Hey, yeah, Aaron Rodgers actually is going to come back this week. And I'll be like, Holy shit. But I think that's me doing the God's work for the rest of the Jets fans, not getting my hopes up. So I'm not jinxing it. And then he will come back. So really, if he does come back, everyone can thank me. Yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't get your hopes. We should, we should not be getting our hopes up. We should just be very happy if it ever happens, but like, yeah, that's a fair way to put it, man. I would, I would be fucking, I would go crazy if this dude made it back for the end of the season. I yeah, would. Dude, me too. I, I, a, a, an excuse to fucking wear that Aaron Rodgers jersey that I bought. I know, dude. I, bought, I haven't fucking <laughs> put I it on once. I put it on one time. <laughs> like a, a chance to watch the guy I was excited for six months to watch and I thought oh, it was going to change my, my life and be the first quarterback that I ever saw for the Jets that was actually really good. I oh. mean, obviously that would all be great, but you know, we're going to talk about it next yeah. week. We're going to talk about it the week after oh, that. Yeah. We're going to talk about you know. So we've, let's get into I what think, really matters. I think we've done a good job not making it the no, story sure. of this show, but it, it deserves its attention every once in a while. And definitely it does, especially it. when the GM is even saying like, hey, exactly. It could happen. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's talk some uh, Monday Night Football Chargers uh, coming across to New York to visit the Jets. Um, like I said beforehand, it's the first of four straight primetime slots for the Jets, which is hilarious. We've got Chargers, Raiders, which they didn't flex out. Kind of surprised by that. Um, but it'll be Chargers, Raiders, uh, Bills, and Dolphins. Uh, that Dolphins one on Black Friday. The Bills, Jets one gets that late afternoon Fox primetime slot. So they're not flexing the Jets when the Jets have had, you know, the highest watch games the whole season. No, like that's a fair point. I, and I think, and, and there's like, a I big get... story with the Raiders now, yeah. too. GM, yeah. head coach, quarterback. Yeah. They know people um, will be watching. But yeah, so we, we've got the, the Chargers coming into town. Chargers moved their season to uh, three and four this year after a, uh, a pretty convincing win over the the bears on Sunday night football this past week. Um, their other wins include the Vikings and the Raiders. Um, they've lost to, it, it kind of looks a lot like ours where it's like you lose to some of the good teams. You got maybe one goodish win in there. I think the jets wins are more impressive than the chargers overall, yeah, but the I'd losses agree. for the chargers, dolphins, Titans, Cowboys, chiefs. Um, you've, you've got some other great numbers here as well too. You know, scored 17 or more in all of their games um you know obviously led by a, a great offensive skill players with justin herbert austin eckler who's really starting to look you know more into form especially this past week keenan allen uh you got some other receivers in there as well too quentin johnson starting to come along as a rookie wide receiver there for them josh palmer um, been great yep palmer's sturdy in the absence of mike williams um you know top 10 offense and yards per game points per game um, and then funny enough for a team that is coached by a defensive minded guy in Brandon Staley. And that's been the story of the chargers, I guess, failures over the last two years. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, um, allowing almost 400 yards per game. Um, and they allow 24 points per game, which is bottom 10 in the league as well. So when you take a look as the chargers as a whole, there's a lot of scary players on there. They got a lot of good names, even on the defense, they've got talented players 
Um, but they're still one of those ones where they're just like, how have they not been able to break into being this upper echelon of teams sitting here at three and four in the AFC? Yeah. Um, when I look at this matchup, like I, I really got to say my instant reaction. Like I, I think this is the perfect opportunity for this jets team. Um, just because I feel like the jets are an overperforming bad team you know, in most people's minds. And I think that the chargers are an underperforming good team, you know, like Mm -hmm. the chargers Mm -hmm. constantly the past two years in the off season, the chargers are one of the top, you know, five best teams in the NFL over and over again. Everyone gives them their flowers. Everyone gives them their credit. Everyone says like, Hey, this, they they are really going to step up this year. And, you know, even into this year that has just continued to struggle. It seems like they haven't really been able to click, you know, and, and, you can analyze where you want to put that. I mean, I do think it's pretty fair when you look at their numbers and how they're top 10 in offense and bottom 10 in defense. Like it it makes a lot of the like Justin Herbert criticisms that you hear every week, you know, it's like, we really do got to kind of cut this guy some slack. I mean, one of his losses is a 34 to 36 loss to the dolphins. Like, um, you know, it's a good offense for sure. But what I think, the chargers have shown us is that they're able to kind of be like put off of their game plan and kind of like have that inability to click when they are facing a pretty good team and a pretty good defense. Um, So I think that does bode well for us because I mean, we've seen our defense even against the best offenses able to really shut things down. Um, So I do expect them to kind of struggle and not be able to just, you know, completely go off offensively. Um, and then, you know, you look at their defensive rating and it seems like an okay opportunity for us to, you know, move the ball, get some touchdowns, get some points in the red zone. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really do. I think the chargers are the perfect opponent for us because they are, you know, while not having a great record, I think they're regarded by most as a pretty good team. And I think a lot of Jets fans are saying, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to get the win this week against a good Chargers team, um, you know, with our team the way it is currently. But I think this is going to be one of those class, you know, it's like. I'm kind of done projecting, you know, like this is going to be the offensive breakout for the Jets, but it's, you know, what has our identity become? It's these like sloppy games where we really hold down the uh their offense you know with our defense and we just have to do enough offensively i think this is a perfect opportunity for you know a 24 17 or 21 17 like 23 17 type of win um but obviously you know the world is there where the chargers just click and look good and are able to score against us because even though we have a great defense they have playmakers everywhere and especially with you know like the duo of having really good receivers and a really good running back, you know, like Austin Eckler can take it to the house on any play, just like Brees Hall can. So um, I definitely want to give the Chargers their credit. I think they're better than three and four. I think they'll end up being a pretty decent team, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a winnable game. And it's a game that if we do win ends up being huge in the end of the season playoff run. Definitely. Definitely. I think when you say though, when you say like it's a underperforming team, Wait, uh, a good team that's underperforming versus a bad team that's overperforming. That sounds a little bit to me like a Chargers get right game where, you know, they got things clicking on both sides of the ball against an inferior opponent with the Bears. But this is one where the strength versus the strength matches up with the Chargers offense and the Jets defense. You got the weakness weakness. versus the weakness. So would I rather have 
my strength dictate the the scoring of the game or would I rather just hope that my offense is good enough to go toe to toe? Cause even, you know, I, I think we would say that the, the Jets offense still to this point is better than the Bears offense. And I'm just basing off that what we've seen more recently, I would say the Jets O is better than the Bears, but even then the Bears did not, you know, was not able to move the ball that well against the Chargers. So yeah, you know, I think it's tough. It's tough because the the Chargers, I do believe the Chargers are a good football team, but they could also be in one of those situations where like, look, coaching can get in the way and they're, they're one of the more poorly coached teams. I think we've seen the last couple of years, you know, that really bad playoff collapse last year against Jacksonville, where they're what up like 30 to nothing in the first 27, nothing in the first half. And they squandered away in just like the most unbelievable fashion, like time over time, they have just been this team that is so frustrating because they do have so much potential. They do have, in my opinion, I, I mean, I've gushed over Justin Herbert for years. He is one of my favorite players in the league. And I think like you were saying beforehand, he gets way too much crap for the way that, you know, for the the performance that he individually puts out on the field. And I know you would want that to contribute more to winning. Sometimes it just gets in your way. Maybe I defend all these guys because I stand there and I'm a Peyton Manning guy. And eventually he got his two Super Bowls, but there was time and time again, where like, oh, he can't win the big one, get him outside a dome. And it's just like, no, he is one of the greatest of all time. Um, it's just, it's a team sport. And I think it, they do hinge it on the quarterback a little bit too often here, uh, you know, from team to team. So, you know, man, I, I really, I guess I hadn't put too much. Th- <laughs> and now that I'm sitting here, I'm realizing I haven't put too much thought into this game because I don't know. I, I just, I, Where do you lean? Is this a Jets win for you? Are you you're gonna you're gonna predict a Jets win, but on your I mean, comfort yeah. level, on your comfort level with this, where would you? Yep. Are you uncomfortable, or do you feel like good about it? Yeah, I I mean, I would say I'm more comfortable than like, you know, we go into the Bills game, or we go into the Chiefs game, or the Eagles game. Like, I and you know, even with like the Bills have struggled a little bit, you know, whatever when we went into those games, I'm fully prepared. Like these are great teams that snap often and are able to put up points. And I'm scared because I don't know, you know, even with a great, great defense, it's not always that easy to prevent, you know, these awesome offenses from scoring. When I look at the chargers, I, I really do see a game where they have, you know, this frustrating game where, People across the across the country who bet on the Chargers are like, why the hell can they not score? Why is Justin Herbert throwing two interceptions? What you know what I mean? Like that is just so possible to me. And you know, we've seen the Chargers struggle. And when we look at, you know, who they've beaten in the Vikings, the Raiders, and the Bears, like to me, they've still yet to be like, hey, we actually are back. You know, like take the take the Bengals, for example. They struggled a lot early They had poor quarterback play when it seemed like Joe Burrow wasn't all the way healthy. And then, you know, this past week they come out, they play the 49ers who a lot of people have as the best team in the league. And they really do say like, Hey, don't forget about us. We can play too. We're, we're back. You know, we're one of the better teams in the league, despite our record. I don't really see that with the chargers. Like I think the chargers are fine. I think they're a good team, but I don't, predict the charge i don't feel like the chargers are this you know top five nfl team like maybe i would have thought over the um over the off season so to me like 
obviously we're going to put it on the offense again. And like, hopefully, you know, where is this game? It's in New York. So this game's in New York. So, you know, hopefully weather's fine. Hopefully we're able to do that, but you know, the chargers don't make me uncomfortable the way like the Eagles made me uncomfortable. Right. And again, you know, we're at this point where the jets, where they've proven to me enough that like, even if you're going up against a good team and a good offense, we are going to be able to play with you. Um, so, you know, I think it does come down to like, are we going to finally see, you know, an offense that can both move the ball and convert in the red zone can both move the ball and, you know, be efficient on third down, like these little things, you know, the jets have yet to show us that they have a great offense and they've yet to show us they can fix third down can fix red zone. Like those problems linger and mm-hmm. they could certainly affect us in this chargers game. But like, this Chargers team to me is not a top 10 team in the NFL. And I think the Jets should be able to kind of handle business. And I think it's a great opportunity, like a win here on Monday night against the Chargers would, you know, pile on to the Eagles win and the Bills win and playing. And then, you know, the, the respect that the Jets would get would just increase, you know, even more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think the Jets can win this game. Certainly. Yeah. I definitely think they can win it. I think where my because if we're talking about the, the the weakness of the Chargers, it is their defense. And if you take a look at where they struggle more so than not, they are bottom three passing defense. You know, their secondary has been abysmal mm. this year. Uh, they're allowing the third most passing yards. Completion percentage is uh, top eight, ten ish. They're allowing the most yards per attempt, and the rush defense has been. What did I say? You're laughing at me. No, I, uh, so real quick, I I do think this will be funny to say on the pod. (laughs) Blake in our dynasty league put in all of his bad players into his starting lineup as a joke against the manager he's playing because that manager has been, um, complaining about some tanking. And I just got a text from that manager saying, (laughs) what is Blake up to? And then he said his fantasy team, look at it. So, so oh, Blake's, that makes Blake's me happy. playing some mind game against his uh, his opponent this week. Yeah, fuck, fuck <laughs> you, Jason. Yeah, I think I, I put in I put in all of my injured guys, guys that are on buys, and then I had two that I had to throw in just for fun. I think I'm projected like 19 points against him. That's good. You're getting in his head. I know. I've been playing the mental games of dynasty football. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that was worth an interruption. I, I <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah, so very bad defending the pass, um, but good run defense. Uh, yards per carry top five uh, in I guess lowest top five lowest yards per carry um, rushing defense bottom 10 or top 10 I guess rushing defense god I'm getting myself all frazzled up here now so I guess where I start to worry is there have still been times throughout this season where we've seen the run run pass run run pass red zone run run pass yeah. and it's just like I understand the game of just playing to not lose but when you're going up against a team who does struggle mightily in the passing game, we need to start seeing more production out of the wide receiver room, more opportunities taking advantage on the first down. Like there was a stretch there where the offense was really doing that, but at times it still falls back to this very bland offense that we, you know, have been yelling about for almost a year and a half now. So 
that's my worry when going up against the Chargers is can we actually take advantage and exploit the weakness yeah. of their defense early on? Because that's the thing. When it's the third quarter and we're down, we're going to start passing and maybe we can, you know, come back. But like, let's take advantage of that early on. So then we can alleviate some of the rush. If they have to defend the pass, then they're laying back off of the offensive yeah. line and Brees Hall. And then we can let Brees Hall be Brees Hall because if we're in a situation where the defense is going to be in on him, especially with a banged up offensive line, we're not going to get the production we need out of him alone. So we need to be able to make life easier for that offensive line and the run game by taking advantage of the bad pass defense early on. I don't want to yeah, see it in the third and fourth quarter. For, you know, um, like to your point of what have the Chargers been good at, right? It's been defending the run. And what have they been maybe not so great at it's defending the pass? There is also the aspect of like, you know, Something that affects the Jets is when, you know, the pass rush is able to get to Zach Wilson quick and mm -hmm. he doesn't have as much time as he needs, you know, and and this Chargers pass rush with Joey Bosa leading the way. Um, obviously, that's a huge factor. You know, like that's Mack. one of the best players in the NFL. Um, yeah. And Khalil Mack as well. So, like, that is the road to an underperforming game, right, is if we're not able to get anything going running the ball and then when we do try to pass um you know we're getting sacked <laughs> and Zach's not able to kind of have his time to to get the ball out but I, I do think that you know that just points us even more to like you have to have an effective game plan you have to be able to get the ball out of Zach's hands quick um and I totally agree with you like we need to we need to be able to like start scoring in the first quarter maybe you know that would be sick and um you know I I really hope to see game plans similar to that Eagles game and similar to that Broncos game where we are, you know, throwing on first down with play action passes and running on second down or, you know, second and long or third and long and, and kind of mixing up what's expected of us as well as just continuing, you know, continue to get the ball in Garrett Wilson's hands. Like one thing that I think has been a positive of this season offensively has been even in a game like last week where, um, where, you know, we don't pass the ball well at all, Garrett Wilson's still seven for a hundred, you know, like if only one player, if only a couple players are going to have good games, you know, it should be Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall as opposed to, oh, hey, look, Tyler Conklin had six receptions for 48 yards, you know, like you need to just continue to get the ball in your good players' hands. And I think um, really a lot of the struggles that we've seen this year, whether you want to put it down to execution by the players or coaching, you know, like, the not being able to convert on third downs, not being able to score in the red zones, like those are things that will, you know, that can get people to lose their job. You know, like if Hackett continues to not be able to score in the red zone, if Zach Wilson continues to not be able to score in the red zone, you know, like that, those things pile up, they do. But you look at the Jets Broncos game and the Eagles game where we did have, you know, multiple scoring drives that's a positive, but the fact that they were field goals in a lot of ways and not touchdowns, that's a negative, you know? So it's like these things that we've continued to monitor and we've been able to get through without necessarily succeeding. Those are the keys to the game. You know, like if we want to be able to beat the chiefs offense, we have to score a little bit. We have to convert on third down. We have to score in the red zone. You know, if we want to be able to make sure that we win this game, um, cause you're probably not going to win 13 to 10 against the chargers. Speaking of Nathaniel Hackett, I have I'm about a couple weeks away from officially changing 
my my opinion yeah um mostly mostly because i'm also watching in green bay right now matt lafleur really struggle with still talented skill players um not great quarterback play but i think i am starting to realize through whether it be brady belichick sean payton drew Brees, and now what we're seeing with aaron Rodgers removed from green bay or we saw what nathaniel hackett on i think i just gave way too much credit to coaching way yeah. too much credit because I have seen these guys struggle to maintain a, a successful offense in any possible venture beyond having one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, we, we saw this first, you saw it first and foremost when Adam Gase got a head coaching job from working with Peyton Manning for a few years. And we saw, we saw a prolific offense with Adam Gase and Peyton Manning, one of the greatest of all time. He gets out of there and it becomes one of the worst offenses we've seen with the Jets. Um, you know, the Patriots and and with Belichick and McDaniels, what they have failed to do ever since Brady left them. The fact that Brady goes to Tampa and through the first six weeks, Bruce Arians and him are not clicking. And then all of a sudden they switch to Brady's offense and they go win a Super Bowl. Rodgers now with Hackett and LaFleur. I'm just a few weeks away from saying like, okay, maybe Nathaniel Hacken isn't a great offensive coordinator, but at least he's Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator. So that's where, like, yeah. my, I'm not going to say, like, let's fire him because as long as Aaron Rodgers is here, Nathaniel Hackett needs to be his offensive coordinator because that is what Aaron Rodgers wants. But I almost think it's because Nathaniel Hackett gives Aaron Rodgers the freedom to actually just be the offensive coordinator himself. Yeah, I actually like that you brought that up. Um Cause I've been having similar thoughts like, and I do, you know, the same way that you're saying you gave too much credit to coaching. Right. I think there's a lot of times where you can give too much blame to coaching. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, football comes down to the players on the field, making sure. plays and executing. I apologize for my dog barking. Um, when it comes to like, like when you're two of the last 50 on third down or whatever it is. And when you're one for nine in the red zone, like it, it, it does get to a point where it's kind of hard to just continue to blame the players where it's like, all right, we should be able to do something to ensure that we're getting a first down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like coaching should be able to make up for some of that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like, that's why I struggle to really like be killing Zach Wilson. Cause I do think that play calling could improve, but I also just think like, you know, we're not the most talented offense in the world. We have no. good players, but we're not, you know, and so yeah. things are ugly sometimes. Um, but yeah, definitely something to watch because if you just base it off success this year, it's not like Nathaniel Hackett has proven to be this amazing offensive mind. Not at all. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll start off. I'll give my prediction for this one. So the, the Jets are what, three and a half point underdogs at home to the LA Chargers. The total is sitting at a, a another low 40 and a half. I continue to say the the level of it's kind of high for a Jets game. <laughs> the level of yeah, I mean the level of football of what we're seeing total. There's a couple of games with high totals this week, but you're getting like the Bills and the Bengals together, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Like those are high totals. I just it continues to amaze me the the poor quality of football that we're seeing. Uh, you watch the show, so you you know that Nick Terrani came out and said he was like there are more bad football games than there are good ones. And he's right. But the bad ones are still good in just a different yeah. kind of way. I have an interesting take when, because everyone <laughs> loves complaining about the football. Like I am such a football, like, like, Oh, purist could... or whatever. Like I can watch a 13, 10 game and like really be like, like this, this game against the giants. Like 
I thought it was awesome that the coaches just keep putting out the punter, you know, like, you know, it is what it is, but people told me I was crazy five years ago. They told me I was crazy for saying I still enjoyed the Patriots Rams Super Bowl. It was the 10 to three one. Right. Yeah. It wasn't the the craziest game. I enjoyed the game still because it was, it was, you know, even bad football can be good football. Um, But yeah, so this total sitting pretty low here, jets, uh, slight underdogs at home. Um, I guess where I sit with this, and this could be where I'm I'm getting, I'm having a tougher time saying that the Chargers are going to fall to three and five halfway through the season than I am to say that the Jets being four and four halfway through their season. Um, so that just might be just me being looking at the optics of the NFL season. Um, but I do think that the Chargers are going to squeak out a close one. If you gave me, gosh, 17-14, 20 to 16, something in that range. I I do believe that's not going to be high scoring. I don't believe that, you know, the Jets have, they, to me, still have not figured it out yet on offense. Um, as bad as some of these defenses might have been um, that they've faced um, and as bad as the Chargers might be as well, too, that they're coming up against. And they have faced good ones, too. For the, actually, for the most part, they've faced good defenses. So I want to walk that back and just say, I think in this stretch, comparing it to the Chargers defense, um, I just, I I don't, I don't know if you're going to give me a primetime game. I usually go unders with those. And if I'm going unders, I don't think the jets are going to get moving. I think the chargers, like you said, can at least put up 17 to 20 points. So give me chargers narrow victory where we still feel fine about the jets. Let's let's just not lose a primetime game and panic the fuck out. We're four and four. We have great wins on the season. The chargers kind of right now, hungry dog runs faster. They need this win kind of more than the jets do. And so I think that, that this one will pull out a narrow Chargers victory. Give me the final 20 to 16. You're on mute, kid. Sorry. Didn't want the dog barking. Um, yeah, yeah cer- certainly barking. a possibility. I, I don't disagree with anything you say. You know, like I kind of said earlier, I just think that we're going to be able to affect this Chargers offense pretty, pretty good defensively. Um, and I, you know, this could be a surprise here. I do kind of think that this might be an over game and I could be, you know, this could be super dumb, but part of me just thinks like what we saw from the jets against the Eagles, against the Broncos, obviously this last game was ugly, but I'm going to give them the rain excuse for one more week. I just think they're going to be able to get it done just enough to be able to squeak this out and not allow the chargers to dominate. Um, I'm going to go with an over hitting, 23 to 20 jets win um i just think we're gonna be able to get it done i do that every week but hey i've yeah. been i'm four and three on the year exactly yeah <laughs> you're, you're getting some of so, these right yeah, yeah. but but no yeah. I, I i you know like last week i i refrained at like 12 50 i was like i should just throw a million dollars on the under once i saw it raining like that I was like, this is going to be the easiest under ever. I didn't It hit very easily. I should oh. have, um, but I don't know something about this chargers game. I think that, that the jets are going to be able to score at least a couple times. Um, maybe that's wishful thinking, but yeah, give me the jets as always. Really excited to also see Herbert go up against this defense. I think to this year, I mean, you know what dolphins defense is kind of frisky Cowboys chiefs defense is kind of frisky. I'm excited to see this guy, you know, go up against uh, what, we continue to say is one of the best defenses in football Um, may not. It may even be the best. Um, All right. So we're a little split there, but I think we both agree at least a close game. Um, So we'll be able to uh, recap all that next week as well, too. Anything else you want to get to before we head out? Are you ready to get things going? Nah, let's get out of here. All right. Well, shout out 
shout out. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Teddy at Teddy Hunt Show. I am at Spring Blake. We appreciate you. We love you. Enjoy the Monday night football primetime game, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.